Hot Springs Village Inside Out is a closer look at the greatness of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas and the surrounding areas. People, places, experiences. Hot Springs Village is one of the most beautiful places on earth. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host, Dennis Simpson, as we engage in weekly conversations to explore Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Remax of Hot Springs Village, the award-winning Remax of Hot Springs Village is the largest real estate office inside the village with over 30 full-time agents and support staff. Visit them to learn more about this beautiful place to solve your real estate needs. Call them today at 1-800-364-9007 or find them online at explorehsv.com. They are Remax of Hot Springs Village at 1-800-364-9007 or online at explorehsv.com. And we're back. Dennis Simpson, Mr. Jeff Adkins. Jeff's about five five houses down that way about eight houses down that way i guess but yep, hey, Dennis, it's yeah, more yeah. than that oh, okay what 10 12 well you, there's a difference in 30 in our addresses so, so there's 15 houses 15. yeah 15 houses. <laughs> yeah. okay he's close okay okay he's close all that's the same end. huh i'm on the poor end i don't have yeah. a lake out my window. oh you poor baby uh, still pretty nice house you got there with you got a great back door backyard still you're looking over a lot of trees sure do Anyway, Hot Springs Village, we're going to talk about the state of the state of the what's going on in the village. And it's that time again. And it is my pleasure. Obviously, Jeff's a friend of mine and we have business relationships that we work together with and a delight to work with. But it's actually a delight to note that I don't know anybody. Maybe there was somebody else that has been on the board three separate times. Is that correct, Mr. Jeffrey? Yeah, it, it was two different time periods. It was three elections. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the first one was for one year because I finished third. And the second time I was unopposed, myself and Bill Lynham were unopposed. And that was a three-year term. And then again in uh, 2013, I think. Yeah. Well, and, and let's talk about this. You, you, you bring up a very good point. You said it was a one-year term and you were unopposed and yeah. Uh, five mile high view, <laughs> five mile high view. So the, the Hot Springs Village POA is a nonprofit corporation run for and by the members. Fair enough so far? Yes. Okay. And we hire a general manager and other staff and they administer the POA, which is some 400 employees, 200 employees. Oh, it, it it varies so much, but it's it's probably in the 350 to 450 range. In that ballpark. It's a lot of people. It's a lot, a lot of people. Of people. It's a, and, and a sizable and budget. And a lot of them are part-time. Okay. Well, so, okay. Oh. yeah, I, I think that number that's thrown around is a FTE full-time equivalent. Oh, oh and, oh, oh, and I just, I would even hate to venture a guess at what it is today. So what you're saying is, is there might be two people or three people that uh, together work 40 hours a week at the pro shop or something like that. Right. But, you have a pro shop position uh, from open to whatever time in the afternoon. And that's going to be three different people potentially throughout the week. And that's, and that's how they, that is a FTE, a full-time equivalent. I learned full-time something already. Well, anyway, we, we go back in. So it's a corporation self-administered. And for those from the outside, we do not take any turn back tax dollars at all. We pay for our own fire, police, water, sewer, 
everything. We have to pave our own roads. We have to do everything. So the corporation is essentially in charge of that. And there's how many members of the board? Seven board members at seven, any one time. Seven board members at any one time. That There can be up to. There doesn't have to be seven members. Is if that correct? If somebody resigns, the position is empty for some period of time, and the board can appoint someone to fill out a term. Okay, they can appoint or not appoint as they did this or, last or time. Not, yes, last time they did not appoint. Someone. Okay, so the someone is appointed chairman, someone's vice chairman or uh, not, of not the board. Not appointed. The, the, the board members They're, elect okay. the officers. So they they vote on who's going to be president, chair of the of the board, and who's going to be vice chair. Correct. Okay, and so they vote on that, and then the the chair typically does not vote unless there's a tie. Is that correct? That's the way it's been in the past, and I think that's what they still do. Okay. Okay. So if step one, why would I want to be on the board? Step two, how do I get on the board? <laughs> and 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 over the last 20 years that you and I have been here and watched this happen, we've had people that we, we've had a guy trying to think of the guy's name because he didn't last six months. It was just vindictive. He knew what was wrong in this association. He was going to fix this, and he was going to, and he got in, and he was just going to tear everything, and then he was like, I resign. What? I think you're talking about James Ray. I am talking about James Ray. Thank you for uh, your exceptional memory. And and actually, the reason I'm able to remember that is because when I got my one year spot in 2007, <laughs> it was to fill his unexpired year. Really? So he had he had got elected. He was on the board for a while. Um, I think it was right after he'd been there a year. He resigned. Oh. The board appointed somebody to fill his spot, whose name I cannot remember, but I would recognize it if I saw it. Mm -hmm. And then since the board had appointed that person to fill the second year, basically, for James Ray, when the election came up, you had to elect somebody to fill the spot because the, the appointed spot only lasts until the next election, no matter how much time is left on the term. So if you, okay, well, and, and, and we're getting in excellent, excellent point. Yeah, it's, it's very detailed. It is very detailed, but it's what we need. So, so. Why would you want to serve on the board? Well, you could have a, a, a lot of reasons. You you could just be a glutton for punishment. Um, and, you know, that's a great, easy way to do it. And, um, and it's free. It's free. Well, no, it's only free. You get to pay for it, right? Well, yeah, you end up, it's it's a net negative by far. Uh, you might get a free Subway sandwich every now and then, or at least half of one in some cookies. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but there's a variety of reasons. The, the first time I ran, I ran because I thought that, the board just didn't quite get it and and they weren't seeing some things that they needed to see and and they just weren't making some obvious decisions um and then i was kind of reluctant to run again but um i got kind of talked into it um and those next 3 years were probably the best 3 years i've had on the board so i'm glad i did that really um yeah and that was bob shoemaker that i think probably turned my arm twisted my arm just a little bit to uh to get me in and bob had actually been on the he may have been on the board seven years as well uh but i i think his was all consecutive well but let me let me give the short answer the the reason you were on the board the first time was because you, you saw some it just didn't make sense things all the, didn't all, make sense to me all the and, numbers and nobody was up. nobody was saying the things that i thought needed to be said by a board member, and, and that's why I ran. But, you know, you asked, why does somebody run? Well, I, I saw a need. I thought I could help. Um, you know, some people may do it because they just want the notoriety. Um, you know, I absolutely don't want to be speaking in public. 
Um, there are better ways like to gain notoriety. Not there, there's better ways to gain notoriety, you know, um, yeah, as, and worse, <laughs> and worse, and worse. Uh, but somebody could have an axe to grind, like you know, you were you were mentioning that's happened a couple of times. Uh, they may just need something to do in retirement. Uh, they may have an agenda. Uh, one of my motivations for 2013 is I thought that the POA was being run very poorly by the general manager at the time. And I, I thought that we needed to find a new general manager. And that's why I ran. And if I'm not mistaken, no, was that more around? complicated than that. And I, I'm not ashamed of it. And was that around the time that the general manager laid off about 200 people? Well, it was after that. Yes. After that point. And, and yeah. that's, and that's not the specific reason. No, no, no. And, and I don't, I guess what I wanted to say by that, and I wasn't inferring anything at all. I really wasn't. What I wanted to say by that was, is that there are peaks and valleys in the yes. village. Uh, there are wild cycles. peaks and valleys. And, right. and, and the problem is, and we've talked about this with churches, any other kind of nonprofit, you're going to have a valley and a peak of ability. Uh, I, frankly, for me, and, and uh, it's, a, it's a mixed bag. Uh, Tucker is the vice chair this time around, Tucker Omohandro. Tucker, in many ways, is a lightning rod. You, you can't, you don't not know where he stands. Okay. I love the guy personally. I love him. And, and he and I more than once have been kind of nose to nose on a disagreement. I don't mind that. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. That doesn't change the fact that I, I think the world of him, but this guy w- was a, a, a president of Cooper at two different locations for over 25 years. He knows the Cooper background. He knows the Cooper infrastructure. He knows what goes on behind there. And he has a lot of history and legacy to know, you know, well, we did it this way at that time because we kind of had to. And well, to, to follow that point, I don't know of many other people that have taken as much abuse as, as Tucker has this last three years. And, yeah, and he's he, probably taken way more than his share. And and he's ready. Well, I think and part of it is his knowledge. He brings a, a, a tool set, a, a skill set of, hey, I know what Cooper did and how they did it. And so the people on next door, yeah, I'm talking to you next door. They, they want to scream and holler. I know, I know, I know the lowest common denominator of social media next door, but they want to scream and holler about how Cooper, you know, Tucker's just doing Cooper's bidding. You don't know Tucker. You don't have any idea. And, and I know, I know Tucker's heart. He literally is taking these abusive phone calls and abusive emails and people think he's still doing Cooper's work. Because he cares about the village and he wants, you know, like I said, we don't, you and me and all three of us, you and me and Tucker don't always agree on everything all the time. So what? But I think he has the part, the better interest of the village at heart. Would that be fair? Oh, oh, absolutely. I, I, I think he's one of the most knowledgeable people I've talked to, uh, yeah. you know, as, as far as, especially as far as board members, because, uh, you know, our, our current board is, is not, they're not, they haven't been here particularly a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I ran the first time, I hadn't either. I hadn't been here that long. I'd been a property owner for maybe eight years. Um, and uh, I was very lucky when I was there as I had some very experienced board members to rely on and teach me the ropes. Uh, and then, you know, we got in the situation a few years ago where everybody was new. You know, nobody had any experience being on the board all at the same time. Ouch. Ouch, yeah. ouch. And, and that's got to be a really tough situation because – you know, they, they don't have anybody with the experience. Well, you kind of end up with corporate amnesia. Yeah. You know, why didn't we do this this way? And and somebody from three years ago would go, whoa, 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 man, let me tell you why we didn't do that. Let me keep you from going down that path. 
so it's a it's a very up and down thing. We're typically going to have the elections win and it's going to be voted on how. Give us all those pieces. Well, I don't think the board's approved all the dates yet, but in general, the well, and definitely the new board will be seated at the end of the April um, board meeting. So, so one way or the be, other, we're having a vote and a seating by the end of April. Yeah. So there will be a timetable that's established by the board, approved by the board. And it will say when you have to submit your paperwork by to to apply to be on the uh, uh, slate of electors, um, you have to you know get some signatures in the past. I think they've stopped doing that because of COVID. Uh, but you, you have to be a member in good standing. So they check that sort of thing. Uh, so once everybody that wants to apply has has met the deadline, uh, then they go through the process of submitting their resumes as part of that, what they want have published with the election materials. And then at some point, you know, and all this is established ahead of time, there'll be a mailing. Uh, and it's been a hybrid elect, I believe it's been a hybrid and a paper vote the last few cycles. Yeah, COVID, so COVID helped us there too, didn't it? COVID helped us there. So um, you can mail in your ballot and, you know, at some point they, and it could be this year, they could go to an all electronic system where, uh, where you could submit your vote online. So there's the voting period. And then at some point you count the votes, um, that's established by the schedule. And then you determine who the winners are. And then they're seated at the end of the April board meeting. So the April board meeting is the current board. And then immediately after, it goes to the new board. And I haven't really looked. I do know that Tucker rolls off this year, uh, but I, I think we've got three or two or three that roll off this year. And well, your, your term limit probably to, be at least two every year. Usually yeah. it's a two, two, three. Yeah. And we got off that cycle for a while, but I think they've got back on that cycle where it's, yeah, seven board members, a typical three year term if they're there the whole time. And so it's two, two, three. So let, let's go into it. So you you submit your resume or your what you want to have printed up. Uh, they will typically send that out in the advocate or something like that, or and right. it'll be in the newspaper and it will say, here's Jeff, Jeff's opinion, here's Dennis' opinion, here's so-and-so opinion, and here's what we think we need to do. I, I don't know if anybody ever reads those, but I know they sometimes do. Uh, a lot of people will buy ads. A lot of people will uh, buy radio ads. They'll put ads in the newspaper. I've even seen direct mail. Um that's a lot of money for a free job, Jeff. Well, I never spent any money on it. So. Well, no, but you you bought some you bought some radio time, or somebody co opted for helping you with some radio. I, time, I think right? I had uh, the the third time I ran, I had some people that helped me with radio ads. Yeah, but, uh, but my, very, my point my point being is, you minor. pay to get nothing. Is my you, point? You, you, yes. If you want to do advertising, you have to pay. Um, that's something that's more more recent in the last ten years. Because a lot of the more ambitious um, mm. candidates have been doing direct mail, mm. you know, we, we would get a, something in the mail for for our, the for every owner, I guess. Um, Which and, is not cheap, by the way. And that's not cheap because you have to purchase the mailing list, and or you have to get it from the POA. I think the POA started to release that information. Actually, uh, emails, you know, send out emails. That's pretty cheap. Mm -hmm. um, everybody was doing emails last time. Uh, so yeah, there could be some expense. Um, and, and, and when I say nothing, I mean, nothing. Well, I mean, you get, a you get a, a tablet least leaned loaned to you, right. That you, that has board information or. Yeah, board. there there's, uh, at some point 
between when I was on the board the first time and the second time, uh, they went to iPads where everybody had an iPad and you could get your uh, documents electronically mm -hmm. because the first four years I was on the board, everything was in a packet. And on the Friday before a board meeting, you would get this packet delivered by the Hot Springs Village Police Department. And they would just go around and they would drop them all off as they were doing their routes. Or so the police would come to your house every month, Jeff, and you're like, oh, yeah, actually, it's the cops. Actually, twice a month. Really? Oh, yeah. The work session and then the, the the regular meeting. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's the only way they had to distribute it was paper. Sure. I got and, it. And I, I, you know, being the pack record that I have, I still have all mine <laughs> from 2007. I have four years worth. Along uh, with your bank statements from your very first ever checking account. We don't need to go there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was just proving, proving your pack deck pack random. That's not an exaggeration. People. He really, really is a pack rat of some things, but it comes in damn handy when you're trying to find papers. <laughs> it, it can come in very handy because I pretty much know where all of it is within reason. So um, thanks. But when you say you know where it is, Dennis. you mean it's in that quadrant or it's in this quadrant or it's in that stack or something yeah, like that? You'd be surprised how, how fast I can get to things. <laughs> um, <laughs> all of that to say, all of that to say. Yeah. They used to deliver them by hand. Now it's electronic, but you get like right. a small per diem if you have to travel or no, no. I don't. I, I never got a per diem for anything. I, really? I mean, not, not that I went very far. I mean, yeah, sure. you go... I, I've been to Sling County meetings and things like that. I I never even bothered reimbursing mileage. It just it wasn't worth it. And and you're there, you're volunteering your your services. And you know that goes for there. There's people that do a lot more than a board member. Uh, and I would point it to the ACC. You took the words out of my mouth. I was about to uh, say that they do a lot of driving around. If I'm not, mistaken. they do a lot of driving around. And then there's members of other committees that do a lot of driving around. I was the liaison to the trails committee. You know, they took care of the trails, the, the things, the minor things, um, just because they enjoy doing that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, then I'm sure there's others. Common Property Committee probably goes out and looks at stuff and and on and on and on. Yeah. So uh, it's not just the board members that have this. Fin it's not a burden, but the, the financial commitment to get where they need to get and do what they need to do. That goes out to the committee members as well. Well, now, now let's cut to the chase here. We had Greg Jones, not Greg Jones. Uh, what was his son? It's Jones' <laughs> son, Chris, Chris Jones, Chris Jones. Chris Jones, yes. Uh, and Chris was arguably the no youngest board member, we would say, I'm assuming, that we've yes, had he, in a long time. Was he, he, in, he beat my record. I Was, was he in his 30s? Uh, I believe so, yeah. And you were in your 40s? When I first got elected, I was 43. Really? Youngest, huh? Yeah, and uh, ever youngest. as far as we knew until Chris, until Chris. But you, the thing you and he both had in common, besides being techies or, or remote workers, you know, he he did have a full time job and you have a full time job, had a full time job at the time you were on the uh, uh, the board those other times. How much time does it take to be on the board? How, what is the time requirements? Is it two days a month? Is it two days a week? Uh, it could be as little as three hours a month. If you did the bare minimum, which is going to the meetings, uh, typically you'd be a liaison to a number of committees, uh, at least two or three. Uh, for example, I was liaison to the ACC committee at one point, and I was liaison to the trails committee at another point. So I would attend those meetings. And then after that, it's how much do you want to read? Because really? 
you, because you're getting uh, committee reports to read and you're getting the financials to review uh, and just any number of things, emails from property owners um, that at times, depending on the the topic of the day or, or, or the panic of the day or, or the, you know, we didn't have next door and we didn't really, you know, when I was first, I wasn't on Facebook. I don't know if Facebook existed in 2007. It did, but it was. Uh, I wasn't on it in 2007. Yeah. I know it was probably about yeah. the time it was coming around. So we didn't have the social media. Uh, I think that's that's made it harder for the board members today to have to deal with all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would just have to get off and ignore it. I, 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 I don't I, think. I heard somebody call it the other day, and I'll I'll lighten the term: uh, keyboard courage. Yes, there are a lot of people who will say things behind a keyboard they would never say to your face. Right. And they don't they don't have the problem doing that. And but as each time went along, I mean, Jeff, we've seen evolution of of these. I remember back in two thousand, uh, there were people that were aggravated because the POA was not faxing out a newsletter every Friday. Uh, <laughs> a faxing, yeah, because we know how effective that is. And then there was uh, the Donna Nazinski. Did I say her last name right? Donna Novorshek Novinsky, the 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 uh, dispatcher at the police station that was murdered. I'm sorry, Donna Natsky. Donna Uh, There were people. This was maybe ten years later, and people were furious that they did not get an email that night telling them what had gone on. Yeah, I mean, so everybody has gone from we wanted, you know, we wanted. Uh, faxes to we wanted email to now it's social media to my, my point being it's a transitioning apparently <clears throat> and i'll see if i can phrase this delicately apparently karen's find a different method of communication every few years is that relatively what you found being on the board well they, they just find additional vehicles uh to to complain um facebook groups are great for it you know yeah and, and so is next door but uh, you know what we the only thing we had to deal with the, the, the biggest email campaign we ever got was about the deer hunt. And really? It was, it was from people that didn't live in the village. It wasn't from property owners. Really? But it was constant because some organization made a big deal that we were having an urban deer hunt. And God forbid that Bambi gets shot, you know, yeah. with an arrow. Right. As bullet, opposed to licking arrow. a battery acid. Yeah. Uh, today, this this morning, uh, this is Friday the the 14th. Um, Todd Knowles was on our show and, and, uh, talking about the urban deer hunt. We had a full fledged open show about this simply because it, I think for some while, and I think this is possibly when you were talking about being on the board, I think if, if it's not well known and it's found out people go, Oh, well, y'all were just trying to hide it. <laughs> uh, n- no, no, I don't think anybody's trying to hide the urban deer hunt. Uh, was it been four years ago? I did a show with, um, uh, Stephanie Heffer on village venues about it. Mm-hmm. And I actually paid to promote it to say here, here's how the village, hunt, the, the urban hunt works. But it seems like, and let me ask the, in a day in the life, uh, what you, the most recent term you had on the board, did you get five emails a night? Did you get two rants a night? Did you get a phone call? Did you, I mean, if there, if there were weeks where nothing would occur mm-hmm. and then there would be a hot topic and we would get emails. And then things would slow down, die down. Uh, and typically uh, the way it worked when I was on the board and what it appears to still kind of be is that one board member is responsible for responding 
to the email mm-hmm. to at least acknowledge receipt. And um, the way it worked when I was on the board, if somebody else wanted to say something different than what the response was, then they could, right? Because hmm. they they weren't we we weren't sequestered. You know, we yeah. could respond if we wanted to, but we just pretty much let one person handle it, which is not a job that I would want to have to do. And I think Keith Keck did it 2013 through 2016. And, you know, that probably took a lot of his time. I, I don't doubt it does. I, I was just thinking how, number one, how would you form a response on behalf of the entire board? relatively of seven opinions. Well, it depends on where you are in the process. If the board's already made a decision, it's easier. Yeah. If it's still under consideration, sure. then you, you know, you might indicate that we're going to take this up at whatever board meeting and we will address all the different concerns at that point. So when the new board is seated in late April, okay. And and by the way, you anybody anybody that wants to run for the board, you can fill out an application right now, I would imagine, no, right? No, not right now. The applications are not so it has to. We has to be an open ab- application period. There is, is an application period. Yes, and that hasn't yet started. I, I think it's typically <clears throat> late December or, or January. Okay. Okay. Very end of the year, typically. Yeah. But get in your application, uh, and I don't know. I'm like you. I don't remember if they actually have to have a bunch of signatures that endorse you or not or whatever. Yeah, we used at, at some point they they it was fifty. Fifty. Um, yeah. And. I, I think that was implemented in the early 2000s or mid 2000s. Yeah. And I think with COVID, they reduced it to where it was 10 or zero. And, and I don't, I don't want to, and, and I know, you know, you can get different objectives, not intended, unintended consequences, you know, mm-hmm. but if you have to have 50 people sign for you to be on the board, pretty much means you're a resident, doesn't it? Where are you going to find 50 other owners if, you, well, if that, you're an out of town? True. You know, the, the, sometimes the POA makes up rules that they don't realize necessarily that it's a burden for somebody that's not a full-time resident here. Um, and remember that any property owner that's in good standing could be on the board. They don't have to live here. At any time. And, and you know, when you realize, but you know, it, it's a near, maybe a nearly impossible task because you have to try and appeal to 34,000 owners. Good luck with that. Right. How do you find a cross section where, you know, we, we tried to please everybody. Here you go. You, know, you can't please everybody. All you can do is make good decisions Yeah, with yeah, the knowledge that. that you have or what's, what's been presented to you. You know, when, when you become a board member, you get the spill on, on how this works and, and you have certain duties. And one of those things is you, you, you can rely on the information that's presented to you by professionals, such as mm. the lawyers for the POA and the management of the POA, because sometimes you have to rely on them. You don't have to go out and do your own research. I don't have to go out and research what is the best air conditioning system for Ponce de Leon Center, for example. Mm-hmm. I can rely on the advice of the professionals. But so, at the same time, and, and you you took part of my thunder because of the next point of where I was going was, is that there's an orientation. And I, I, I the only part, I've never been in the orientation, I, and, uh, I, and you haven't told me this, others have told me this, that there is an attorney who stands up and looks at the new members and says, you are without peer. There's no other POA or HOA on the planet with 34,000 members. None, nobody, nowhere. Well, the, the, well, but there's Bella Vista that has 38,000 lots. But so, but they're not a POA anymore. They're a, they're a municipality. They, they still have a POA. Yeah, but they took down they their gates. Minis- so that, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, if you consider the fact that we do both, right. the, the, the fire and the police and all that, that, that Bella Vista does. And we have the POA functions 
that Bella Vista does. Yes. In that case, it is unique now. Right. Well, we are I mean, the largest. And, and But we don't get ta- ta- tax turnback funds, and Bella Vista does because they, I, they made it public. I don't think they get that much. <laughs> probably not. That's probably true. That's probably They're not rolling in it. Let's put it that way. I, I don't think anything, you know, when you send your tax money in to Little Rock, they don't send back as much as you send in. It they, seems to be a lot less. They, I think was it was of, it they kind of keep it, their take. Was it Governor Huckabee that said uh, that you can you can uh, get a loan from the government, but the middleman will kill you? Is that what it was? <laughs> I I don't remember that. No, question. it's just it's just the the percent the government takes is is uh, yeah more than what what would seem yeah. normal. Uh, anyway, so I come back to it. So there's an orientation, and in that orientation. Go ahead. You were talking about you have to take the word of the of the experts, but at times, because I know we've talked about this too in in past, at times the Ponce de Leon air conditioning system, you had to go. No, I don't think that's the right decision. I don't think we're hearing the right offering. I mean, I'm not trying to pull up dead fish or anything. <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry. I mean, I, I could go over all kinds of things where I thought I got bad advice in the past. Really. That- you know, in, in hindsight, it was bad advice. You, you may not have realized it at, at the time. Uh, I We could have a whole show about that. But uh, you have to rely on it at the time. And, you know, in 2007, it wasn't a formal orientation that oh. we had oh. because it was just more like, hey, he, here's here's you had the other board members who were very experienced telling you, hey, here's kind of how it works. What do you think? You know, do you have any questions? Um, oh. I, can, I can remember, you know, Dave Johnson, who was general manager at the time, saying, if you have questions, please go to the directors, you know, the director of public works, the director of, you know, the finance director, that sort of thing. But please don't direct them to do anything. Don't ask them to do anything for you because that needs to come through me. And that it's, made perfect sense. It's you know? funny. Funny you should say that we talk about the ebbs and flows yeah. of this whole scenario. You cannot have seven board members going through the director of finance, giving them direction. It, it can't work like that. It just wouldn't. And any reasonable person, I think, would agree with that, especially if they thought about it for a few minutes. Well, I you think if they have any history in management, they would say that you would never do that. You, you can't have seven bosses. Like Absolutely. Um, the The POA board has one employee. It's the general manager. That general manager is in charge of every other employee, directly or indirectly. Say, so, say that again. Say that again. The POA board. What? The POA board has one employee. It is the general manager, and the general manager directs all the other activities of the POA. And that is his direct reports and indirectly through his direct reports and the supervision and and the different levels of management. And his direct report is to the POA, to the board. He he reports to the POA. Now, you could say that there's some committees that are board committees, right? The ACC is a board committee. So. But those are not, that's not a, a POA employee. Um, and you could also say, I guess, that the lawyer is is responsible to the POA board. A vendor. But, but, but the one real employee is the general manager. And so, uh, you know, that that's something that, that was an orientation type item, mm-hmm. but it wasn't in a formal orientation. And then we had the benefit also, I had the benefit also in 2007 through 2010 is that Don Schnipper, the POA attorney, was there at pretty much every board meeting, mm-hmm. not for the work sessions, but for the board meetings. So if you ever had a question, a legal question, you know, just a curiosity thing or something that was more serious, once a month you had an opportunity to ask him. And he was already billing you however many hundreds of dollars an hour. So it didn't hurt. You know, it didn't it didn't cost the POA anything to to have that question. Um I think 
really the POA could benefit by having something like that again. Basically having legal, legal counsel sitting in legal, on the legal meetings. Legal counsel, yeah. Uh, for example, <clears throat> to, to run any kind of a hearing that comes up um, for a property owner that has a hearing mm. or some kind of violation. so Or uh, something contested or something like that. Yeah, something contested. The POA attorney always ran those instead really? of a board member because otherwise, and we're, we're kind of digging into the weeds here, but if you have the POA board running that hearing, then they are both judge and jury, where oh. they should only be the jury. Oh, and I, I like that POA point. I really there, like that point. Yeah, it, there's a lot of good reasons to have a POA attorney present uh, just to answer questions or, or um, protocol. You know, we used to use Robert's Rules of Order. I think they've relaxed it a little bit since yeah. then. Yeah. Um, but some things were not allowed by Robert's Rules of Order. And and there were times in 2013, 2014, where there was no POA attorney there. The Robert's Rules were not being followed, but nobody could do anything about it. Now, what they've done since then is that they've um, they've set aside one person to be that person on their board. Oh, um, and, parliamentarian and or something. Parliamentarian, yes. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a parliamentarian, parliamentarian in 2013, 2014. It created a problem. Don Schnipper was that, or the lawyer, the POA lawyer, was that uh, parliamentarian back in the early 2000s. I don't know if you know, you, you knew Don had passed away. Did you know that? I did not, know. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you more about that a little off camera. But uh, great guy. And, and, yes. and <clears throat> in my opinion, not just that he was a great guy, and I thought he was very fair and unbiased. And I think a lot of people don't understand. We see, you know, we used to see lawyer shows all the time. We saw attorney movie, you know, dramas all the time and whatever. I think what people don't recognize is that first off, an attorney is an officer of the court. If you or I stand up in court to testify, our, 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 our testimony has weight and it has merit based on our experience. But if an attorney stands up, it's just like a, a policeman or a sheriff or whatever standing up. He is an officer of the court. He has been appointed by the court to a higher standard. So he can, anyway, Don was great at that. And, and not only that, he had a very, very in-depth knowledge of the, of the bylaws and the constitutions for the village and how we were supposed to do things. Yeah, I don't know I that anybody has that position anymore. No, I, I think he'd been the POA's attorney since the very beginning. Or really? Since the very beginning, yes. Yeah, it was it was an absolutely great guy. But, but anyway, I say all that. He'd been there for a very long time in the early 2000s. It, it um, I, I get your point. And it's not cheap to have your, your legal counsel sitting there, but it seems like it could keep you out of the weeds a lot of times. I, I believe so. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Not enough said on that. Anyway, anyway, any other points you want to comment about being on the board, what it was like? Well, if, if you think you can add something to the village, I think the first step for most people is to go through a committee, get on a committee, see if you like it. Sure. Trial. And, and it can be something you're interested in, whether that's public works or the trails or recreation or, or anything else. Um, that that's probably for most people the best way to do it. I was a little different in when I ran for the board the first time I had not been on any committees and been here very long. Uh, and that seems to be more of a trend lately is that mm -hmm. we've had more people that hadn't been on committees. Um, but you know, the, the other thing is in, in what we've noticed in the last couple of years, you know, especially after COVID and uh, the civil uh, unrest and everything, a lot of people found Hot Springs Village. They had never been here before. Mm -hmm. And so we have a lot of, of people, you know, probably 
the, if you count youngest as how long have you been here? Uh, the the average length of of residence in the village is probably at near an all time low. Uh, I hadn't thought about it, but I bet it's changed. I bet the mean has yeah. changed over the last two years per se. Um, right. Yeah, I I think you know the average. You know, I've been here twenty years, and and you've been here a long time. But there's so many new people that are unfamiliar with so many things, and. Uh, I think that creates a bigger burden for the board too, because you have so many new people and, you know, not like, well, that's just, you don't want to tell them, well, that's the way we've always done it. Yeah. But because there could be a better way to do it, but uh, for the uninitiated, they just, they don't know how the village works. And and it's not just, it works this way and you have to comply. It's that, that that's not the intent. The, the the deal is is that it's a place unlike any other. I was talking to to Ricky back when he Ricky Middleton back when he was the the police chief here, and I was like, what other police chief in the United States has his his check signed by a corporation? Mm-hmm. Tell me what other municipality has that 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 there's a general manager from a corporation that signs you a nonprofit check. To, it's just a hybrid of everything, and so it's not that. And, and I don't mean to make this sound like no low knowledge users or whatever, but it is in some ways a little bit like that because there's so much education that every new man- member has to say. You know, we have people say that uh, I see on social media. Well, well, why doesn't our municipality pick up our leaves? It's not a municipality. It's a, mm-hmm. why did they let this go on in the city? This, this is not a city. I mean, it, yeah, uh, the the it's 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 a lot to explain to a new visitor, right. or a new resident. Is that fair enough? It's fair enough. And, you know, the other thing is, if you look at the tenure of the POA employees today, it's probably some of the shortest average tenures. You know, Linda Mayhood had been there for since pretty much the beginning. Stephanie. Rick, Ricky Milton had been there forever. Mm-hmm. And we had a public works director. I mean, Jason had been there for a little while, but before that, David Whitlow had been there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can go on and on down the list of, of all the people that had been there a very long time that have all turned over in the last 10 years for the most part. There's, yeah. there's very few tenure of Stephanie Heffer's not there anymore. Well, Stacey Hoover. I mean, I, I can go down the list. The uh, list uh, is Tiffany's very long. not we, there. We have uh, some very dedicated people, not to say that the current people aren't dedicated as well, but they had been there forever. You know, they, no. they, they knew how things had been done. They knew why things had been done the way they were. They knew where to, to find things. They knew how to get things done. And I, I just think with all the, the new people at the POA and the staffing issues that everybody has today. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you have so many new residents, it just creates a really tough situation for the, both the POA and the board. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's so any everybody subs- have a little patience. Yeah. Well, that, that, very well put Jeff. Very well you know, put. If, if somebody <clears throat> put in a speed bump that was too high yesterday and took it out today, it's probably not a Russian collusion story. I don't know. It probably is, you know, you live and you learn, you make mistakes and you move on. Um, And was it really that big of a deal in the scheme of things? You know, I I will. People tend to make mountains out of molehills. It it does seem to be. And I will tell you this. um, I was actually, before we hit the record button, I was actually thinking about something. Jason, who I can say this now, told me one day and he said he was in a board meeting and this was, or it was a committee meeting and, he said, somebody just reamed him out good. I mean, just let him have it, you know. And a guy after the meeting, a guy said, come here, come here. And he went over and he leaned over. And, you know, Jason, he was always just a super gracious, you know, really gracious, easygoing guy, you know. Yeah. And 
the guy said, boy, you know, he really kind of got on to you tonight, didn't he? And Jason was like, yeah, well, kind of let me have it. He said, let me explain something to you. He said, <clears throat> this guy worked for 48 years to get to retirement. And when he got to retirement, he moved to the village and he wanted his life to just be wonderful and perfect. Mm-hmm. And you took one of his days <laughs> and he's not happy with you. And I remember thinking about that and I thought, no, number one, what a heck of a story. But number two, yeah, I'm not happy you took one of my days. You know, I mean, seriously, if you think about it, Jeff, I mean, you know, none of us should be happy somebody takes one of our days. If you get my drift, you know, that was one of my vacations today and I want to be playing golf. I know. Hello, both of us. It was a gorgeous day. Well, I just wanted to bring that up and and finish on that note. Jeff, again, as a friend and as a a colleague, thank you for your contributions in the past for the village, because I know that it it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work, right? It it was worth it. Yeah, it was, it was really worth it. I learned a lot. Really? Yeah. I mean, it, it's helped me in my real estate endeavors and, and, you know, that who, who knew, I mean, when I first ran, I didn't have, but 20 or 30 lots. Right. But, uh, oh, only me, 20 or 30 lots. Well, oh. But it, it, <laughs> it gave me confidence in the village is, is what it yeah. did more than anything. Well, it, because it you, me, you knew who there, the movers and shakers were, you knew the people that, yeah. Yeah. And, and it just, I knew there was a there there and I knew that the value that I was seeing was real. It wasn't just some kind of illusion. And you and, still see it today, right? And I still see it today. And that's, that's why I'm still here. And, and that's why I'm still active, you know, with what I do outside of my real job. And uh, that's why you are too. You know, that's, that's why you're exactly. active in things outside of your real job. That's why you do something like this podcast. We believe um, in the place, wouldn't you say? Yeah, because you believe in the place and you want to help. So um, to anybody that thinks they can help, go get a committee application, go run for the board. Get started. I will say one other thing, and I, I want to just make this caveat because I know there are people that have done this many times in the past. And that is, is that they will run for the board because they're pissed off. Mm-hmm. And if you want to do that, I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to stand in your way. And I'm not even going to say anything bad about you, but I will tell you history will tell us that people that act on motivations of just rage or anger or frustration, or just pissed off, they don't stay around very long. It, it, it's, it's take, it takes grueling everyday adult work not just, oh, I'm pissed off. I'm, I'm mad as hell and they're going to quit doing this. Doesn't work that way, does it, Jeff? No. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Well, for Hot Springs Village Inside Out, I'm Dennis Simpson, who's losing my voice. Thank you, pollen season. Jeff Atkins, who's joined us again for Hot Springs Village Inside Out. And we will see you next time. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.